Just as a review where we have been, we've been looking at justification. The, the overarching series is the difference between the Bible and the Roman Catholic faith. Okay? And in looking at that, we've come from the study of Scripture all the way around to the study of God, Christ, the Holy Spirit. And now we're entering into what's called soteriology or the study of salvation. Uh, we've looked before this how justification is founded or it's grounded upon the righteousness of Christ alone. We've talked about the two parts of justification, namely the remission of sin or forgiveness, and then the adoption as sons, okay, or the right to life. And these are two parts, the two parts of justification. We now are looking at in this third installment, the fact that it is by faith alone. There's a couple things that the Roman Catholic Church teaches, which I'm going to skip over one part today. And I'm actually going to do that um, because I'm going to deal with it in the sermon. And God's providence, we're, we're setting down at Genesis 15. And our next few verses in worship will be justification by faith alone. And the particular misunderstanding that happens is that m- much of the Reformation Um, was combating the Roman error of faith being righteousness. And I want to read it for you from the Council of Trent. This is Canon 9, and this is what it says. If anyone says that the wicked are justified by faith alone, so that he understands nothing else to be required to cooperate for obtaining the grace of justification, let him be anathema. Okay, so, so according to uh, Canon 9, there cannot be only faith required. There has to be faith required in some type of cooperation in order to have or attain the grace of justification. We fought against this first by the Romans teaching this. They would say, faith is the beginning of our righteousness. And faith itself is an act of righteousness from which... All of the preceding acts in our life happen unto the obtaining of the grace of justification. And so this is what was being said. And they would go to Genesis 15 and they would say, look, it says it is counted for him as righteousness. See, faith is righteousness. I can show you that the scripture does not teach that. I'm going to withhold it okay, from you at this time. But you can be thinking about it. All right, and we'll deal with this in the sermon on Genesis 15 next week. Uh, this week, I want to show you that this idea of faith plus faith being the beginning of justification, a beginning of righteousness, we're, we already kind of killed that idea by understanding that it's by imputed righteousness and not by inherent righteousness that we have justification. But you see, um, There's this larger question that comes to us about, is it just faith alone? Because justification can be by faith and baptism, faith and circumcision. And what I'm hoping to show to you is that the scriptures um, combat against faith plus religion is ancient. This is what the Judaizers did in Galatians that led Paul to call it another gospel. What were they adding to faith? For justification, they were adding some acts of the law, namely circumcision. Uh, and, and what this is, the Reformation was a perfect 
representation of the gospel, which is a perfect balance of law and gospel. As soon as you take the law and you start to intrude it into the gospel, you've lost your, in, in humanly speaking, you've lost salvation. Because faith plus religion is damning. It damns a soul. The only saving faith which will rescue you is that faith alone where you understand that it's only by grasping upon the righteousness of Christ and him alone that you have salvation. And so what I desire to do for you today is to um, prove to you that it is by faith alone against all of the Romanist attacks on it. The Roman Catholic Church says, well, look at James, right? That's one thing they say. Another thing they say is um, Genesis 15. I'm not going to deal with that today. But I hope to show you that it is faith alone that justifies. And when I say by faith, justification by faith, when I say justification through faith, which is another way of saying it. And the reason the Holy Spirit gave us both in the original of these types of prepositions, I believe, is to show us that faith is designed by the Holy Spirit to be instrumental. And, and children, you're saying, what does that mean? Okay. And, and the, the, probably the best instrument you have on your body is your hands, right? You do so many things with your hands, right? When you go out to sing, you, you open your psalters with your hands. This is the instrument by which you aid yourself in almost all of your actions. And faith is an instrument in this sense. Uh, I remember Calvin saying that it's like a cup that a beggar holds out and and that cup receives the wine or the water, right? And, and that's what faith is. It's the instrument by which Christ is able to be grasped or by which he is able to have uh, his righteousness applied or received to yourself. It's that instrument. It's almost like the, the arms that hug, grasp onto for dear life. And, and this is what it means to be an instrument. It's how something is received for your benefit. And in this case, it's the righteousness of Christ is received alone by faith such that at the very moment of faith, at the birth of that new heart, that new spirit, the action of it is this receiving of Christ and his righteousness. And you come into a state of justification. This is the foundation for assurance. If you don't have justification by faith alone, you have no assurance. There's no such thing as a full assurance. The only full assurance you can have is purgatory and burning off what was lacking in you when you have a faith plus religion. Now let's look at the scriptures. We're going to spend some time in Romans. Romans 3.28 is where we'll begin. And we'll also back up um, and look at verse 24 and 25 as well. I'm going to start, I guess, at 24 and 25 and then jump down to 28. You got that great verse in 23, that great universal verse for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's our condition. But look for those in 24. There's a glorious gospel being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith. In his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. 
I want you to notice that there is this justification in 24 and it's connected to propitiation because propitiation is remember one of the parts of justification right remember two parts remission of sin right to life in the remission of sin part there's not just the for mere forgiveness of sin but there's the satisfying of divine justice that's what propitiation is and in this this propitiation comes through faith in his blood why does it say in his blood because faith is grasping on to something outside yourself for rescue from divine wrath. And hence, you're grasping onto the blood of Jesus as because it's standing for his death, right? Because that death received the full wrath of God for you. And so by faith, you grasp onto him as that payment for your sin so that you know it's paid for and you can live a life of knowing forgiveness in him. And so you can see how this through faith and it, it's not faith that is the righteousness that's distinguished because it says faith in his blood. It was, in other words, designed this way by God to declare your righteousness. Is that what it says? It doesn't say that, does it? What does it say to declare his righteousness? So here we have a picture of why. God designed it to be this way by faith alone in his death. Because you see, there was a problem, humanly speaking now, bear with me. There was a problem in God. He desired to save his people, the elect. But they were awful sinners. So he desires mercy, but he's also infinitely just. And, and so there, you see the problem? The problem is how does the justice and the mercy coexist in an infinite being in regard to saving sinners? And the only possible answer is that justice is satisfied. And so the death of Christ is a declaration that God is just and the justifier of those who believe in Jesus Christ. So it enabled mercy. But it also satisfied justice. And in doing this, it solves the problem of that justice and mercy being at odds, humanly speaking, in God. And so this is why the language is here through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness. Do you see how silly it would be for us to say, oh, God showed himself just not only by providing the righteousness that satisfied uh, and the sacrifice that satisfies his justice, but, but waiting on you and you doing your things in your life, which enabled you to obtain the grace of justification. You going to confession, you going to church every single, you going to mass every single Sunday. Do, do you see how it, it makes a mockery because God would not be justifying himself. He would be justifying himself and justice in you. But what we realize is that there is no justice in us. All of the justice is in God. And any of the justice that exists in us and exists in us because it's being given to us. There's nothing in us that we have not received. And the beginning of all of our infused righteousness and sanctification is only because of the righteousness of Christ changing us and making us adore and love him. And that righteousness even itself that we have following the law as a Christian, it's still mixed with error. 
it's still mixed with the corruption of our nature. And therefore, it still needs the blood of Jesus. Even to be accepted in some way as a, to put a smile on God's face. And so we, we see that we're totally lacking in justice. And that it cannot be in any way a basis for our justification. Instead, in the reason why it's faith alone is because it's a declaration of the justice of God alone. So we see that in those verses. Now let's jump down now to 28. <clears throat> in 28, it says, therefore, first, I guess we should just keep on reading from where we left off, right? We left off at 25. Let's go 26. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he may be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. That's what we just said earlier, right? We just finished Paul's thought. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. Friends, the problem with a faith plus religion is that there's always grounds for boasting. If there's any of your inherent righteousness, which is part of you obtaining justification, you have ground for boasting. But we know that it's by faith alone because it follows that if it is by faith alone, there is an exclusion, an impossibility of boasting. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Law being new sense in the sense of principle. Therefore, here's verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. There it is. There's the exclusion. Because if you think about it, anything that we could add would be a word. Even if we tried to redefine faith and say faith is not just an uh, a instrument of receiving, but it's actually an act that's meritorious. Now, that would be changing the definition of faith. But as soon as we do that, changing the definition of faith, we've made faith a work. And it falls into this category, which is excluded. We make it a deed of the law, you see. If we define it biblically, it can't be a deed of the law. It's just an instrument to receive. But as soon as we would change that definition from some papal decree, which has happened, right? That's what Trent was. You have this category taking it in and it being excluded by the scripture. It's without the deeds of the law. So it's impossible for any act to be meritorious for justification. According to verse 28, it's explicit. You cannot get around it. Romans 1.17 is going to be like this as well. This one epistle totally destroys any other religion that would be faith plus. Let's look at 117. Romans 117 says, for therein, uh, let's back up 116. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Don't think, don't think in this way that this living is, is, is the acts. It's not the acts of living. The living here is the, the living of eternal life. It's that life which comes through the spirit of God to all who believe. This life 
which is instrumentally by faith, it's only the just that obtain it. And that's what it means in Habakkuk 2.4 if we were to go back and to exegete that text. And that's why it's used by Paul in this way in 117. It is an exclusion of any other righteousness in justification. That's why it says his righteousness. And this is something that we need to be able to defend, my friends, because every other religion, without exception, even the religions which would call themselves Christian, is a faith plus damning false religion. It's only this one true religion of the Bible, which is a faith alone, true faith, that we have salvation. So you must teach it to your children. You must defend it against the Mormon, against the Roman Catholic, against those who um, call themselves Christians as Protestants, but they reject justification by faith alone. Okay. I can think of some of the International Church of Christ, some of the historic church of Christ, which would be in that vein and others. They're lost. They're not the true religion. And so you need to be able to to show these things. So the one last thing we have to do. Romans is so clear, but they bring James into this all too often. And so uh, you need to understand that God uses different pencils in writing to us. And in using different pencils, they had different tips. That's a wide tip. And this one here is a thin tip. And different tips have different ways of making the characters. Here's what I'm trying to say. Words have domains of meaning. Okay? And you know me. When I say a word, I tend to use it in one way. But I could use it in another way. But I usually don't. It's just, for whatever reason, the books I've read or the education I've had, I'll use it in one certain way. And that's just, that's just human, okay? This would have been true for Paul, who is educated at the highest education of his era, okay? He was schooled under Gamaliel, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He could read Hebrew, Greek, Latin. And then you have James, a simple, a simple man. Perhaps raised under a carpenter, so a tradesman. Okay. Um, James is going to use words just a little bit different than Paul. And yet the Holy Spirit will use them both as his pencils, his pens. And they're going to look very different, although it's one Holy Spirit writing these things through these instruments. Yet the instruments of men will have distinct characteristics. And what I'm about to show you is basically this, that James, when he talks about justification, he's not always using it forensically because he's not using the same concepts. He's using it uh, within a domain of, of the word and its original usage. And, and this is where we need to go. So if you're able to, I invite you to turn uh, to James 2. And we're going to look at 
we'll start in 18. Okay, yeah, we'll start. No, we'll start in 17. Okay. So 217. Oh, let's start at 16 just to get the context. Okay, one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, which doth it profit. So, so you have, you're doing a good work, and in doing that good work, you, you, you give them your mouth, but not the action. You say, oh, I hope God blesses you, but you don't help them with their need. Okay, that's what, what's going on here. He, he's taking a task, those Christians that would be mouth, good, good deeds in their mouth, but not in their hands. Okay, and this is what he says in 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith. And I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. That's key that you understand what you just said. Verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou now, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works? Did you hear in this? When he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar. We haven't got that to that yet. It's Genesis 22. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. He was called the friend of God in chapter 22. But he's quoting 15, saying that in 22, there was a fulfillment of what was declared in 15. So, what does he mean then by justification by works? Because the Roman Catholic Church is going to say, look, you say by faith alone, but it says that faith is not alone. And this is the understanding of the text. True saving faith is the alone instrument that receives Christ, but it doesn't remain alone because you have a new heart and that faith is going to be worked out in your life by actions which are consistent with a true new heart, a true being born again. And every time that happens in your life, it's hearkening back to that moment of justification by which Christ declared you righteous, covering you by his blood. And so this idea of justifying here is not, it's not justifying in the sense of uh, that first moment of justification, of declaring righteous. It's justifying in the sense of evidence or showing that something is true by actions in the present Showing that something was true in the past by actions in the present. So we call that evidence or we would call that fruit. So there was fruit in Abraham's life in chapter 22 of Genesis, which pointed back to something historically that happened, which was his justification by faith alone. And the works which he did after that proves, proves this is fruit of the fact that he definitely, is a child of God. And so when you think about the two parts of justification, remission of sin and a right to life, 
you got to understand that a lot of times a moment of justification in your life, whenever that was, your walk after that and you're not, you won't be sure. You'll have like a, a partial assurance. You're, you're saved, but you have a partial assurance. But what happened with Abraham or what is Abraham's life representative of? It's representative of the fact that as you walk throughout that Christian life, there's things that happen in your life. There's acts which you are, are partaking of, which an unbeliever would never do. There's a love in you that is only able to be a, a testament to what happened in you and that day of you being born again. That's what James is talking about. That's what he means when he says faith worketh through love. That's what he means when he says faith alone in the person justified is impossible because he's right. If you are living like hell and claiming to be justified by faith, it's a lie. Because faith worketh through love. And the evidence in your life says the contrary of what your mouth is saying. But at the moment in which you were born again and you believed, there was nothing else needed to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior except for faith. Nothing else. We didn't need to wait until you sacrificed your son in Genesis 22. He wasn't Genesis justified in 22 he says that as much in the epistle if it was read carefully you can see he's pointing back that was a lot and i'm sorry about that but i hope that you're able to grasp that justification is by faith alone but it doesn't remain alone in the person justified so much so that the very works you do are evidence of you being born again and And it it justifies that assurance in your heart to exist. This justification by works is not in the forensic. uh, It's not in the forensic uh, courtroom of heaven. It's in the courtroom of your heart. It's that assurance that's being talked about. So I hope that helps you because it's something which maybe in your life you're struggling with a loved one. They're saying one thing out of one side of their mouth, but they're doing another. And they need to be taught. Faith is not alone in the person justified. So you can't just say it. Your life has those fruits or you need to start doubting whether you're truly saved or not. Okay. All right. Um, I think I've gone a little over some. If, if you have any questions or anything we can talk, I'll go out to greet. But um, I'm going to pray, and then we'll take a break before worship. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we praise you for justification by faith alone. We praise you that you have made it so that we can be sure of our salvation from the very moment that we grasp onto the person of Jesus Christ. We pray that you will continue to confirm us in our life, that we are truly yours, that this right to life is is truly who we are as sons of God, children of God. And so we pray that you will bring us up from faith to faith to a full assurance of faith and that by that means we will bear fruit of the spirit all of our life, testifying to the truth of our salvation and bring glory to our Lord Jesus Christ upon whose righteousness We are saved alone. And we do pray that you will now prepare us in our hearts as we look towards worship this morning. And we do ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.